What is up, party people? Welcome to another episode of Max's Mad World of Sports. Changing the format a little bit, not doing the headlines as I've been accustomed to. As you, you know, people listen to different podcasts in a different time and news travels so fast. If I had my own radio show one day, uh, be sure to tune in and listen. Maybe that's the dream. One day, we'll see. I'm a little too controversial, I think, for the mainstream. But speaking of controversy, today I'm going to be talking about the African-American or black quarterback in the NFL and how the NFL has had racial prejudice towards people of color playing behind center and why you don't really see many quarterbacks that are from different descent behind center or very much so the black quarterback. Though the rise has begun, the top three NFL quarterbacks that are paid are now black. That is Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and Russell Wilson. So let's get into it. So I was really inspired to do this episode by Karen Phillips, who writes for Deadspin. He had a great article on Sunday with the headline, Racism is why your favorite team might have drafted a sorry white quarterback. And I got to thinking, and, and it looks like we've turned this big corner. If we look at the top six, because there's two tied for fifth, highest paid quarterbacks in the league, with Deshaun Watson signing his massive deal for the Houston Texans. Patrick Mahomes sits at $45 million at the top per year. Deshaun Watson is now number two at $39 million a year. Russell Wilson is $35 million a year. He's third. Then you get to Ben Roethlisberger, $34 million a year. Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff are tied for fifth at $33.5 million per year. Now, for anyone, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And to see that three African-American quarterbacks are now leading the league in paychecks at the highest paid position and what has been arguably the most important position in all of sports, the quarterback. It's been argued the most important position, maybe shortstop for a major league baseball team, but that's the hardest position, the most studying that you have to do, preparation, game planning, and all those are before you even have the talent or the physical abilities to make things happen on the field because the game is so fast. And you all know football is a vicious sport. Concussions, head injuries, arthritis, things that plague players long after they suit up. And the quarterback position in America is so much more popular than anything else because it's the sexy position. Uh, Colin Cowherd from ESPN and Fox Sports, well, now he's at Fox Sports, has said that the sexiest guy, the most good-looking guy, is the guy that gets picked on the playground to play quarterback. And I think there's this stigma in this country that good-looking qualifies to white. And that's not true. And I think there's this unconscious bias towards whiteness in this country because we've been fed to it within film and television and arts um, where people of color are normally the bad person or as the president likes to call them bad hombres, you know, things of that nature. And 
I was very open with this topic when Chadwick Boseman passed away because he was Black Panther. He was a superhero. We've seen good hero type pl- uh, people displayed in film, protagonists that are black, but nothing like Black Panther. He's a superhero. That's going to influence someone as a, as a comic book geek myself. Seeing as yourself in a superhero is going to influence more good and challenge you to be a better person because you're trying to attain this kind of unrealistic goal, but you're seeing yourself in that. And I think that's why Black Panther was so important, is so important to so many people. And I think that the same goes with playing quarterback or the quarterback position. So if we back all the way up to the 1930s when there was an unofficial ban of, black, of African Americans playing football, you'll see that it's a similar thing with baseball. Jackie Robinson had to play, break the color barrier in 1947 in order for some of the greats like Satchel Paige to come in and start doing their thing. They were negated to the Negro Leagues for so long and so many talented players. We marked the 100th anniversary of the Negro Leagues this year for baseball. And you know, guys, I'm a huge baseball fan. That's a big, big deal. And over time, we have been blessed with a plethora of African-American black baseball players, whether they're from the Dominica, Cuba, or here at home. I mean, Kenley Jansen's from Curacao, for God's sake, the closer for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And my favorite player of all time, baseball-wise, Ken Griffey Jr. Beautiful, black, African-American, probably the greatest player I've ever seen with my own two eyes. Just needed to stay healthy. But that's because he sacrificed his body so many times to make plays. And you have to tip your cap for that. So in that sport, like I said, shortstop might be the most important position, but it's not the main hyper-focus while you're watching a game. The main hyper-focus in the NFL and football is the quarterback position. And you look at someone that broke that barrier and had to rise above prejudice, that had to be Warren Moon. He had to be that guy. Warren Moon played for the Houston Oilers from 1984 to 1993. He is also the only black quarterback in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And why is that? Warren Moon was fantastic, and he deserves to be in, absolutely. He, after winning the Rose Bowl, had to go to Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and play for the Canadian Football League. And anyone that's ever played there, or if you ever watched a game, it is the pits. Then he, got to earn, he had to earn a spot with the Houston Oilers, and he was marvelous with the Houston Oilers. The guy had stats. I'm not going to bore, bore, them, bore you with them right now, but he's the only guy. There has been Randall Cunningham. Donovan McNabb has been eligible since 2016 to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. These guys led their teams to countless NFC title games. Specifically, Donovan McNabb got to a Super Bowl where I believe if Terrell Owens was healthy, they would have beat the New England Patriots. Donovan McNabb deserves to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So does Randall Cunningham. And believe it or not, hot take, Michael Vick deserves to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. They do. They were just those kinds of quarterbacks. They were those types of cats. Doug Williams was the first African-American quarterback to win a Super Bowl with the Washington Redskins. 
And there was that controversial question or no question that happened about like, how long have you been a black quarterback? <laughs> and, and apparently it's folklore. That question never was really asked to Doug Williams. It was something else stupid was asked a different way. But at the end of the day, look at this prejudice. Look at what's happened to these quarterbacks that deserve to be honored and enshrined in Canton, Ohio. And right now we are, I think, blessed in a new era finally to be able to see a good amount of black quarterbacks in the NFL. And you take a look at what the team's got. So you have Dwayne Haskins in Washington, who more than likely is going to be the starting quarterback there. You have Tyrod Taylor with the Los Angeles Chargers. And that's been a bit controversial because Tyrod Taylor took the Bills to the playoffs and then lost his starting job when the coach was fired. Okay. Teddy Bridgewater more than likely is going to start for the Panthers. I think he is the starter there. Kyler Murray with the Arizona Cardinals, who is so gifted. It was announced last week that Cam Newton would take the reins of the New England Patriots. going to be very interesting to see Cam Newton with the New England Patriots under Bill Belichick, especially in the New England area. Dak Prescott with the Dallas Cowboys. Deshaun Watson, who I mentioned before, with the Houston Texans. Lamar Jackson, crazy Lamar Jackson, who's so damn good. He is with the Baltimore Ravens. Russell Wilson, of course, with the Seattle Seahawks. And Super Bowl MVP, league MVP. He is only 24 years old, and he has all these accolades. Mr. Patrick Mahomes, the $500 million man, who starts tomorrow as the league kicks off its 2020 season. But it took us a while to get here, to get to this point right now where we have so many African-American quarterbacks. And I hopefully one day we'll get the first Dominican, Cuban, Netherlands import from somewhere to play quarterback in the NFL. Because the, the talent, the, the world has grown so much from the 1970s to now. It has grown so much. But just talking about modern football, I'm going to go back to Karen Phillips's article that he posted on Deadspin. Racism is why your favorite team might have drafted a sorry white quarterback. And perception is king here. In 2017, the Chicago Bears traded three picks and a 2018, so a year later, so four picks total, right? For their quarterback of the future, Mitchell Trubisky. And you ask Bears fans how they feel about Trubisky? <laughs> Nothing positive. Chicago's a tough town. It's a tough football town. It's a tough fan town. Drabinsky has sucked. And who did they pass over to get him? Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. You kidding me? Moved up four picks to get this guy. And guess what? Nick Foles is probably going to win the starting job there in Chicago. Not so good. Maybe it's the Cleveland Browns, Miami Dolphins, and Denver Broncos of 2012. That was about eight years ago. The Colts, of course, took Andrew Luck. No doubt Andrew Luck was going to be the best. Number two, do you remember Robert Griffin III? Remember RG3? He won Rookie of the Year that year, but never heard from really again. And then you look at Dolphins, Browns, Broncos of that draft season. Number eight, Miami took Ryan Tannehill. Number 22, Cleveland went with Brandon Whedon. And I was living in Cleveland at the time. That was not a popular pick. 
And then number 57, the Broncos picked Brock Osweiler. At number 75, the Seahawks, of course, made the best selection in that draft. They drafted Russell Wilson. So since 2012, the Broncos have gone 57 and 71 with one playoff appearance. The Browns, of course, are shit, 33 and 94. And then the Broncos eventually figured their self out with Peyton Manning, leading them to a Super Bowl in 2013, which they got pummeled by Russell Wilson Seahawks. And then the redemption near the 2015 championship where Manning, Manning would ride off into the sunset, wave goodbye. Brock Osweiler, who's that guy? No idea. Actually, he had a big contract with the Texans, blew that, and now he's with the Miami Dolphins. A year before that, those teams, the Broncos, Jets, Browns, and Raiders, had chances to get some good quarterbacks. The Rams, of course, took Jared Goff, who has led them to a Super Bowl. The Eagles took Carson Wentz, who kind of plays, kind of doesn't, depending on the day, if he's feeling injured, if he's not feeling injured. Nick Foles ended up winning a Super Bowl for them. The Broncos fucked up and took Paxton Lynch at number 26. They're still regretting that. The Jets jacked up their team by going with Christian Hackenberg. And the Browns, of course, blundered with Cody Kessler at number 93 from USC. Cody Kessler, cute little white kid, sucks at playing quarterback in the NFL. And then the Raiders took Connor Cook. There was Dak Prescott. He was available. He was available. And the Dallas Cowboys begrudgingly, begrudgingly took Dak Prescott at number 135. And look at where the Cowboys are now. Dak Prescott has not gotten paid. I'm not going to sit here as a Cowboys hater for life. I'm not going to sit here and say that Dak Prescott is worth Patrick Mahomes' money, but he's definitely worth a lot of money. I think he might even be more worth money than, worth more money than Jared Goff, particularly. But Dak Prescott, if Dak Prescott, throw this out there, was Tony Romo? Or if, I don't know, Baker Mayfield-ish, you know, some kind of dude like that, he would have his money by now. The way Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboy fan base, not all, but there's some, that they like Dak, they don't love Dak. And I think the reason is, is that Cowboys fans are used to Roger Staubach and Troy Aikman behind center. And Tony Romo, three very white, very safe quarterbacks. Dak Prescott's got tats. He's black. He runs around a little bit sometimes. Look, he's got a cannon for an arm. And he makes some dumb decisions, but all quarterbacks make dumb decisions. And I guarantee you, if he was white, you'd call him a gunslinger, just like Brett Favre. Speaking of gunslingers, I'm going to bring up the case of Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston is now sitting third string for the New Orleans Saints behind an aging Drew Brees and a 30-year-old guy named Taysom Hill for a white quarterback can run, but he is not. He is not Steve Young. Steve Young incarnate is not happening with Taysom Hill. He's 30. Now, I could be proven wrong and Taysom Hill can become one of the best quarterbacks for the next five years. Who knows? I'm not. I'm saying, looking at it, no. Jameis Winston is 26 years old. He has a national championship, and he is sitting third string behind Taysom Hill to start the season. Now, I was a victim of this. I was a victim. I thought that Jameis Winston 
I was guilty. Victim is the wrong word. I was guilty of this perception of Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston, I thought, had all the talent in the world and just made stupid decisions. But I've got to thank Chuck Modiano for writing this awesome article about Jameis Winston and comparing him to Peyton Manning. And if you look, their stats in the first five seasons are pretty comparable. And if you look at their interceptions over the five-year period, this is where I've always said Jameis Winston's making some dumb throws and he's making interceptions that are not good, blah, blah, blah. Peyton Manning had 100 in his first five seasons. Dan Marino had 102. Brett Favre had 101. Joe Namath had 97. Jameis Winston is 88. He, this kid didn't invent the interception. There has just been a perception of him being clumsy or not smart. And in reality, he's actually pretty damn good. And if he had a comparable coach coaching him with a system that worked, Tampa Bay wouldn't have had to go out and get Tom Brady. And Jameis Winston might be the next quarterback in New Orleans. And I'm pulling for the kid. I'm sorry, Jameis Winston. I owe you a big apology. For a couple of years there, I was saying, man, this kid's talented. I had him on my fantasy team. And I was like, dude, he just throws too many picks. But in reality, I didn't look deep enough because I would have called him a gunslinger or as Fitzpatrick, Fitz crazy or Fitz nasty as they call him. Ryan Fitzpatrick has been the biggest gunslinger around. And everyone just goes, oh, it's Fitz nasty. It's Fitz nasty. And Jameis Winston makes a bad play. It's like, oh, what the fuck? It needs to change. That's, my, that's the wrong ability of perception. If Jameis Winston, was, his name was John Winston, and he was a white kid from you know, Tupelo, Mississippi, guaranteed they'd just call him the gunslinger. Guaranteed. So my apologies, Jameis Winston, and I hope when Drew Brees either gets knocked out of a game or retires, that the New Orleans Saints are your team to take over, and you can shove it in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' face every year for letting you go. Because Sean Payton's a more capable coach than Dick Carter or Bruce Arians. Sean Payton's a way better coach. I hope Jameis flourishes in New Orleans. So we got a little sidetracked there. 2018. 2018 NFL draft. Browns, Jets, Buffalo Bills, Arizona Cardinals. Seems that the Cleveland Browns find themselves in the in the draft constantly, right? So the Browns took Baker Mayfield at number one. And uh, so far, I think he's just been no more for his commercials for progressive insurance or something. That, that, that's about it. The guy, to me, is not that good. He had one little flash in the pan end of season run, but they always adjust to you in the offseason. And when you're the starter, they have film. They have backup. They're going to come get you. And looking at it, the Cardinals took Josh Rosen, who now is on a practice squad somewhere. The Jets are stuck with another USC quarterback. That sucks because I don't know any USC quarterback other than Carson Palmer that has had an inth of success in the NFL. And they're stuck with Sam Darnold, who throws a bunch of picks and is scared. Sam Darnold plays scared. If you, if you want to watch Sam Darnold on Sunday, it is one of the most skittish quarterbacks I've ever witnessed. And I, I don't know. The pressure might be a little too high there in New York. And then Josh Allen's with the Bills. And the jury's still out on him. The jury's still out on him. He was taking number seven. So take this, check this out. At number 32, the last pick of the first round, the 2018 NFL draft, 
the Ravens decided to take Lamar Jackson and coach John Harbaugh from advice from his brother Jim and other people that have worked with mobile style quarterbacks. He said, hey, this was worth building their team around. Guess what? Jackson is the reigning MVP. Lamar Jackson will be in a Super Bowl maybe this year or next because he's that good. And he's only going to get better, folks. He's only going to get better. And what's the lesson here? Max, what's your point? My point is, is that racism has held teams back from taking chances. Not saying that any quarterback is not without prejudice, white or black. I mean, the 49ers didn't take Alex, or they took Alex Smith instead of Aaron Rodgers in 2006 because Mike Nolan felt that Alex Smith was more polite than Aaron Rodgers. And we look at how good Aaron Rodgers is. I love Alex Smith. I adore Alex Smith. If you have not seen Project 11, watch it. This guy's come back from everything. This guy is a teacher. This guy is so humble. He has been never the guy, in quotes, for any team he's ever played for. There's always somebody waiting to take his job. This has happened when he was with my 49ers. This has happened when with the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes was coming up. And now this is happening with the Redskins, with the Deshaun Hatskins, or now they're the Washington football team. But he has always been there to teach. He has always been there to be in the meetings. He has always been there to work and help quarterbacks. Alex Smith's going to be a quarterback's coach one day. I don't know if he'll be a head coach. I don't know if he has the um, patience for it. But he's definitely going to be an offensive coordinator or a, a quarterback's coach at the very least one day. He is so smart. And he's such a savant of the game. But again, there's always this, this thing about the superhero Superman that is the quarterback. And growing up for me, I saw Steve Young was my favorite because Steve Young threw left-handed. It looked weird to me. And as a five-year-old, that looks cool. Second of all, he ran all the time. He ran everywhere. He, the, you go watch on YouTube that run against the Minnesota Vikings where he just, out of exhaustion, just falls in the end zone after juking the shit out of all of them. And to me, the second coming of, of Steve Young was Michael Vick. And Michael Vick would have been probably the greatest quarterback we've ever seen if his prime wasn't taken away from him from going to jail. Now, I'm not going to sit here and forgive him for the dogfighting ring the murder of innocent dogs. But at the same time, and I know this is a hot take, but you're going to have to sit there with me. If a white guy in Virginia or Atlanta gets busted for a dog fighting ring, they don't go away for that long. They don't. Guaranteed. This isn't an episode about the justice system and its flaws. This is an episode about the NFL quarterback and how racism has plagued the African-American and black quarterback over the years. But you have to look at that Michael Vick case and go, yeah, if, I don't know, I can't, I don't want to throw someone's name in that because it's such a horrific crime, it is. But for what Michael Vick had to pay and lose his prime and go through that, then having to convince teams for him to be okay to go in there and, and play for them it's what Cam Newton has been saying. Cam Newton, who I'm rooting for, by the way, I never really liked Cam Newton. I thought he was the uh, 
the Steph Curry Drake of the NFL. And what that means for me is it's all hype. The competition hasn't been as fierce against the two of those guys. And and Cam Newton, I felt the same way. I felt that there was a lot of hype surrounding Cam. And I felt like he didn't put in the work all the time. I really did. And the last few years, he's been plagued by injury. But again, it goes to show that with the right coaching and the right situation, anyone's talent can be unlocked. But you have to be willing to take it on. You have to be willing to make change. You have to be willing to understand that there are physical gifts that certain people have that others don't. That's just the way it goes. You have to go by talent, not by the ticket sales that go on, not by the marketing endorsements. You can make anyone a superstar. You have to get over your prejudice. And I think that that's what's hurt Cam Newton is I look at Cam Newton, the quarterback, and I see someone that relies on their talents because he's super talented, similar to Colin Kaepernick, who was on my 49ers, who relies on their talents, who are just have these absurd God-given talents that are so awesome, but they don't try to find another part of their game. That's how I look at those two guys. They never really tried to refine. I'm gonna, this year, I'm going to stay in the pocket. This year, I'm going to not run as much, and I'm going to let the play develop, or I'm going to make my receivers better. That takes, that takes a different type of upper echelon there to do that. These guys decided not to really do that. But Cam is going to learn from Bill Belichick. That's for damn sure. Cam is going to find himself in New England. But here's the scary part. Here's the part that I'm was concerned about, and Cam Newton has talked about it. The reason that no one wanted to approach him more than anything is because he was black. And with the current situation going on with the society at large and with the NFL and the whole kneeling or standing up or taking a shit during the national anthem, Cam Newton knew that it was going to be a stretch for a team to sign him. But I give Bill Belichick all the credit in the world for sitting down, meeting with him, talking to him and going, you know what, man, clean slate. Welcome to New England. Let's get the show on the road. I'm rooting for the, for the Patriots because of Cam Newton right now. Isn't that crazy? And if any team were to, to pick up Colin Kaepernick, I'd probably root for them too. Colin Kaepernick to me is a very interesting character because I watched him take Alex Smith's job because of injury. But Jim Harbaugh knew that he could get away with it for about a year or two, that Colin Kaepernick's physical gifts and attributes, his speed is insane. That John Har- Jim Harbaugh, excuse me, could get away with that for about two seasons. He rode it to a Super Bowl. He almost got to another one, that NFC title game. If Navarro Bowman doesn't blow out his knee, they probably win that title game and, and face the Broncos in the next Super Bowl. But Harbaugh knew that that time was limited. Harbaugh knew that Kaepernick, and Kaepernick should have known, that he was, tape was going to be developed and people are going to start adjusting to you and they're going to start figuring it out. Russell Wilson has figured this out. I need to be a pocket passer. I need to throw from the pocket. And Lamar Jackson is going to figure this out, guaranteed. Cam Newton is going to definitely figure this out with different mobile sets from Bill Belichick. Not to get too technical, but Cam Newton is in the best place for him to either stay and flourish for a few years, or he's on a one-year deal, team-friendly. He does really well. He can find himself on a team next year. But again, no one's signing Colin Kaepernick right now. Because I think that chance is over for him, which is unfortunate. 
there are several backup quarterbacks that I won't name just because of how shit they are, but Colin Kaepernick deserves to be on a roster spot more than those guys. The man has been to a Super Bowl. The man has been into two consecutive NFC Championship games. The man owns Aaron Rodgers, if you can believe that. So, the prejudice is there. It's still there. It's, it's why I believe Dak Prescott is not getting paid right now. And I hope he goes to the New York Jets. I hope he, he ends up there and he just takes that franchise to another place uh, after this year and he gets paid and Sam Darnold gets dumped. And maybe Cleveland can figure out one day that it's okay to have a black quarterback. And the one last thing I'm going to call out and the one person I'm going to call out and it sucks because he's a California kid, Super Bowl champion, my mom's favorite player, John Elway, who's the GM president of the Denver Broncos, who seems fixed, fixated, that he can put any quarterback into that situation and they can flourish. Dude, it's not, it's not happening. And actually, I think Colin Kaepernick would be a great fit for the Denver Broncos. Joe Flacco was a mistake last year. Drew Locke, the jury is still out on, but Brock Osweiler, Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon, all these guys were mistakes. You have a really amazing defense. You have an amazing defensive player in Vaughn Miller that, that is, you're just wasting a little bit of his prime. John, are you scared of drafting or signing a black quarterback? I'm asking it point blank. Are you scared about this? Does Denver, not that I know of, but maybe someone could reiterate this for me or teach me about this. Does Denver have some sort of prejudice towards African-Americans or black people? I, I don't know. I didn't realize that. I thought Denver was pretty open. Everyone was high all the time. But do you, John, do you have something against Colin Kaepernick, Jameis Winston, Jacoby Brissett is available. That's another thing. The Indianapolis Colts to me looked really good with Jacoby Brissett last year. And I think Jacoby Brissett is, should be pissed that Philip Rivers took his starting job. I have always disliked Philip Rivers, so I have a little bias here because I think the Chargers suck. But I don't know. Jacoby Brissett's available. Can you make that trade? They're going to ride out Drew Locke. But was John just afraid of the African-American quarterback for a long time? I don't know. It's, it's really, these are questions I think as you as a fan of your own favorite NFL team, trust me, these questions have plagued me for a few years with Colin Kaepernick and me as a 49ers fan. I've been very much critical of the team for not signing him back or putting him in some sort of, I don't know, advisory role. I just don't know. It's a tough question. This is a tough question to, uh, uh, to have the answer to. But really take a look before you watch tomorrow's game as we have two African-American quarterbacks facing off in prime time, defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Thursday Night Football. These guys are leading their teams. And Houston's not going away, by the way. Houston's not going away. They're a really good team. Deshaun Watson's a, a general. It, they're going to be really, really good. But ask yourself of this. And I know a lot of people are drafting fantasy tonight and tomorrow. <laughs> when you hover over, just think about, hey, what is going on in my mind? What is going on with my own internal prejudice 
and I'm re- and I'm really making the best decision for my team, or am I making the best decision for the best look? <laughs> I know it's silly. It's fantasy football. Your Madden Ultimate Team is the same thing. By the way, EA Sports just put Colin Kaepernick in the game as a free agent, and he's rated 81 overall. By the way, you can play with him uh, uh, on Madden 21, and he is officially in a better rating than Cam Newton, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Derek Carr, and Ryan Tannehill. (laughs) So let that sink in, I guess, for a little bit for you. Thanks for listening. Go forward. Enjoy the start of the NFL season tomorrow and be excellent to each other. I'm going to leave you now with the song Western Medicine. It's from a band called Hoax. I uh, discovered them about two years ago. They had this really awesome song called Grow, and they just got this like funky sound that I really, really dig. Definitely a lot of influence from like Motown and R&B, like 60s and 70s pop. Production is spot on, and those that know me know I'm a production nerd. These guys are killing it. You can stream their library on Spotify and all other major streaming platforms. I hope you enjoy. Again, this is Western Medicine by Hoax. Hoax.